Hello and welcome to another episode of Soundstage Access, a podcast that brings you in depth to discuss many of the complex, beautiful, and creative sides of filmmaking. I'm your host, Brando Benetton, and my guest this week is Wade Eastwood, a stuntman and second unit director whose credits include Inception, Edge of Tomorrow, and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, to name a few. In our conversation, we talk about Wade's early years as a stuntman in South Africa, his creative process working with director Christopher McQuarrie, and his experience working on the upcoming Mission Impossible Fallout. The film is currently wrapping up production and will open in theaters July 27th. So without further ado, let's go to our conversation. Wait, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, there's a lot to cover and not a lot of time to do it. So before getting into your experience working in the American film industry, I wanted to ask you about starting out as a stuntman in South Africa, because I know you worked a lot in the beginning on a lot of B-action movies. And you described the experience as such, quote, it was the best training ground. In one film alone, I could do five or six, a hundred feet falls, five or four or five uh, pipe ramps, three or four fire jobs on countless air rams and ratchet explosions. It was like getting paid to train. Uh, and you've had over 70 credits as a stunt performance since you started out 25 years ago. So what part of that experience in South Africa you feel uh, helped you grow the most and you still bring on to the work you do today? Um, I think it's exactly, you know, what I said before, it was the perfect training ground. I mean, we didn't have the budget resources that we have in the big action films, you know, that I do these days. There were very small action movies, um, but they wanted, obviously, you know, beer money and champagne wishes, if your dreams, if you like. So we had to improvise a lot. We had to really be creative to try and bring the big Hollywood action movie um, look without the budget or resources. So, you know, how could we do that? Similar to a lot of the smaller TV shows, um today that are also trying to keep up and, and doing a great job at it you know it's um just different ways to do it cheaper ways to do it and the sort of down and dirty ways we didn't have these fancy computer winches and stuff that make people fly across you know across the sky and land in a perfect place we would be you know running with ropes off off the scenes and driving cars pulling ropes through pulleys with guys flying across the air and and just sort of the very down and dirty version and really trying to perfect that so I think it, it, it gives you a great creative process and a great way of improvising and, and making action happen without all this, you know, the time, rehearsal time and, and uh, input that you might get on a big movie of today. Absolutely. And I think it really shows in the work you end up, you know, uh, doing still today. So I'm just going to move our conversation along and ask you about a film which I've loved and studied for the past few years now. And that is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. And, and the reason I think the movie's so good is because you and Tom Cruise and, and Macquarie really have understood how to use stunts as a storytelling device. Uh, so I want to ask you about your creative process with Tom and Macquarie on a day-to-day -day basis during production. How does that work when you get on set and have to work through an action scene? Well, that's a very good question. It's, um, it's interesting that you've you know, you've singled out the sort of three of us um, in the process. Obviously, it's a, it's a big process. There's lots of people involved, the creatives at the studio and everyone. But it is, it, on, on the Mission movies, it does really come down to the three of us sitting in a room. And McHugh is a great storyteller and builds builds a story around the action. So it is very much a, you know, a creative process between the three of us where, you know, Tom brings the energy and the character um, and McHugh creates a story, I create the action. And together we just keep building on each other. So we sit in a room and one idea builds on another idea, whether it's the creative side, the character side, the action side. 
and we just keep building and building and building without thinking how we're going to do it yet or how we're going to get a plane or get this or get that. We just build ideas that we hopefully will wow and entertain audiences. Um, and then after that, we worry about how we're going to do it. And the creative process, you know, it's a, it's a very frustrating process at times because we want to stay true to the character and, 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 and build the story. But sometimes we deviate with the action or we'll deviate with, you know, with dialogue and to bring it all back and keep it centered in a place that's not going to be unrealistic and will, you know, keep the audiences engaged is, is a really tough and somewhat frustrating process. But as long as the end result pays off, then, you know, it, it, it pays off. So uh, it, it's, it's a good process and I wouldn't sort of have it any other way. It's uh, our good little sort of power meets that we have as, as often as we can, especially when a sequence, we're approaching a sequence that we don't know what it is yet. Um, and we have to create it sort of very quickly. Yeah, I, th I think audiences are absolutely familiar with the opening A400 stunt uh, with Tom hanging outside of the airplane in, in Rogue Nation's opening. Uh, and you shot that sequence in October 2014. You had 48 hours to shoot the stunt at a raft base. Um, and you did it eight times, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. And I wanted to ask if you could remember the moments right before shooting the very first take. And what was the energy like once the plane landed and you saw that Tom was fine and probably wanted to go right away? Um, how was that morning like? Well, I mean, it was a great morning. You know, when you look out the window and he's still there, it's always a good thing, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'd done extensive testing with, um, I'd had dummies on the outside and, and whatnot. I had to show the military that I could safely um, bring someone back in from the power door, the side door, um, which they actually hadn't achieved yet. Uh, if they'd had a jumper that had been snagged and was stuck there, he was beating the outside of the plane because imagine you get buffeted by the wind and by those massive props. There were actually dents in the side of the plane where they'd try to do retrievals in the past and people would have to cut away and, you know, and, and open the reserve parachute. So it, we had to prove to them first that I could safely bring someone in if there was a situation like a bird strike or something. Uh, so we went through, I went through, I mean, I didn't have long, only had a day to do it all. We only had the plane for two days, so... Uh, you know, I'd had it all mocked up on land and I had an idea of what I was going to do. I went in with my team and we rigged it and and uh, we did a couple of flights. Pilots, the military, everyone were very happy that we could retrieve a body, no problem. So I was very confident, otherwise I never would have put Tom out there. I wouldn't put anyone out there, you know, Tom Cruise or otherwise, uh, if it wasn't going to be, you know, fairly safe. Obviously, we can't account for bird strike and those things. We can only, you know, do our best to to not navigate into those areas. So yeah, so when Tom was out there, obviously it was euphoric. It was uh, it was massive, but it was more it was more euphoric and a massive uh, achievement because of the shot that we could see on the monitors inside the plane. I mean, it was to be watching the monitor of Tom on the outside and feeling the sensation of what he was doing at the same time. I think made the process even 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 more amazing because we're we're in the plane room, we're strapped in, standing up, operating these rigs and watching these monitors so as we watching the image of the plane doing a you know like air show takeoff which is a very steep takeoff we're feeling the sensation of g-force in our own bodies at the same time so we're sort of watching the movie whilst experiencing like a virtual movie and monitoring all the lines and access and monitoring tom so from that side of it it was uh, it was amazing yeah and as soon as we touched down i mean i barely had it well i would hand tom some gloves out the window because it was so cold that once the shot was done, I would have a little hole and I'd hand him some, some gloves that he would carefully try and put on without dropping just to keep his extremities warm for the landing process. And literally, as soon as we landed, he was already giving the signal to go again. 
We said, go right, right now, let's go again. But we, we you know, we had, we had to, sh- we had to shut down and, and, uh, and watch the shot and do all that. But he, he was adamant he was going again, regardless how perfect the shot was. It sounds like a lot of great, great energy. I mean, it also sounds dangerous. So that's what I was going to ask you, Wade. Like, how important is dealing with fear in your job? You know, stunts are, I assess every stunt. It's all risk-based. And, you know, if the risk level is too high, then I won't do the stunt. You know, it's got to, there's got to be enough eradication of risk in order to make it uh, a safe and viable stunt in the first place. So I will go through... Obviously, if it's a aeroplane, we have to go through CAA or FAA. We go through all the structural components of the aircraft itself and the safety aspects of that piece of equipment before we even get to the stunt side of it. So then when I go to the stunt side of it, I look at how I would do it and all the things that could go wrong. And if I can negate the majority of those things, if not all of them, if I can't, the stunt's not possible. If I can, then the risk level drops and the stunt's doable. So... You know, the idea is to create the spectacle and there is always an element of danger. The plane could crash, a a massive flock of birds could come through and wipe out the prop and literally go through Tom. Um, Anything could happen, but you've got to look at risk and how often it happens and and negate that as much as you can to make it viable. But of course, there's always an element of danger as we wouldn't get the wow factor that, that, you know, that the audiences, you know, see when they pay for their pay for their movie tickets. Yeah, I know what you mean. And right now, uh, the reason we're calling you, being so kind, you're calling all the way from London. Um, and I know you're completing the next Mission Impossible, uh, still with McHugh, which, by the way, we should remind people, this is the first time a director has returned to uh, direct more than one film in the franchise. And I think speaks volume to the level, again, not just of action, but of, of character and story um, you and the entire team have brought to it. The title of the film was just released this morning, uh, which is incredibly exciting. It's going to be Mission Impossible Fallout. And you have been shooting for nine months now. It started in April. And I want to ask if it felt like you topped Rogue Nations in terms of technical and creative challenges. Because when the film came out, you defined it as, you know, the hardest job you've done since. Um, so does does it feel like you guys had to top expectations uh, yet? you know, keeping it fun for you? I mean, you know, they're always fun, but it, 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 I compare it to endurance racing because, you know, I race cars as well. And you have a sprint race and then you have an endurance race. And doing mission movies are like doing a massive endurance race. It's, uh, it's survival to the finish whilst having, obviously, whilst having fun. But we, as we create, as we go, it's such a, it's such a demanding process that I get personally just so wrapped up in the process, I don't notice until you step out of it. So the other day we had a little uh, secret screening, which um, I can't give any information away, um, but people will be surprised in the not too distant future um, by something possibly to do with the new Mission movie, um, which will give you a taste of it. And uh, we had a secret uh, screening. We did like a, um, a five-minute um, sequence, a little put to edited sequence, and to step back and look at it, it was quite amazing because I was so wrapped up in it, I never had a chance to step back and actually look at what we've done already and what we're still doing. But all I'll say is that the movie is massive. It's bigger than the last one, location-wise, it's huge, and we've shot all over the world. And the scale of the film is absolutely massive, uh, and it's non-stop action. And 
a non-stop variety, massive variety of action. Uh, we've definitely surpassed the last. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait. So I know we got to start wrapping things up because you have to go. Um, and I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying that one of the sequences uh, you guys have in the film involves both a car and a motorcycle chase in Paris. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm just bringing it up because um, there's behind the scenes footage of you guys working. And you always speak about the fact that you're not just a stuntman uh, you're, and a starting coordinator. You're also a second unit director. And you always design, you know, fights and actions with camera angles in mind. I know The French Connection is a film McHugh really loves. And I wanted to ask you about shooting a chase like that uh, with the film's new cinematographer, who is Rob Hardy. So how do you discuss shooting these action sequences and framing them in the most emotional way possible for the audience? Um, you know... We, McHugh refers to the classics a lot, and I love that because the classics are what you know what, what made movies are today. You know, so it's um, I love the classics, and a movie like French Connection is a perfect example. Uh, you know, they're very clever, McHugh and Tom, in, in choosing the right cinematographer. In this case, we've got you know Rob, who's who's never done an action movie before in his life, so he comes very much from an artistic standpoint, um, and he creates and lights a set from that side, which is beautiful, which, which creates a beautiful film. And on the action side, you know, it's, it's up to him then to, to learn from those experienced on, on how to shoot action, or, or obviously he'll just give it over to me to shoot, um, but to keep his artistic look. And that's the look of the film, the palette of the color palette of the film, everything. So we get this so that the audiences don't get the same stuff. Like a lot of the movies today, where it's just the same lighting, the same effect, You can forget which sequel you're watching, which movie it is, because it all just looks the same. And with missions, you know, Tom and McHugh, they take, they, they take risk. And we want to create a different look and a different type of film and a different adventure and take the audience with us. And I think that's, that was clever with their choosing of Rob, because he creates, obviously, as a cinematographer, a whole different look. And then within that look, we will do our thing, which is creating new action and creating new dialogue and story and character beats. But... Yeah, it was, it was a, it's a big film. That's all I'll say. It's massive. And again, the things about Mission is it's real. You know, it's, uh, it's all Tom doing it. And it's all real locations. We are really freezing ourselves to death in certain locations and, you know, sweltering with heat in other locations and struggling and, you know, going through those, the old school classic, like when movies didn't have these green screen cutaway stages to finish the shoot and, all these other things, you know, that, that take up such a massive part. We're out there for real on location doing it and the film shows it. I want to wrap things up by asking you about now that things are a lot better uh, about Tom's injury when he broke his ankle while shooting a roof to roof jump in London last August. And the time it happened, McHugh, uh, McHugh said, there's a silver lining to this cloud. We just don't know what it is yet. So looking back now, after all these months, How do you feel like the brief hiatus in the production allow you guys to process and course correct the story and the action? And, and what was the biggest lesson from that experience? You know, it's, um, you, you'd have to be a, a filmmaker to ask that question, which clearly, uh, you, you know, you, you are, because it's uh, a normal audience or normal interviewer would not know um, the impact of something like that on production and having the hiatus period. It was a massive help for us. I mean, we were so up against it because we'd overcreated so much action and so much story um, with not enough time to do it. So that actually allowed us a great chance to assemble what we had, look at everything, reevaluate, 
squeeze a little bit more time in and um, and be able to do even more action uh, when Tom's rehab was finished, which uh, now he's, as you can see on the last footage, you now he's back to full full Tom Cruise sprinting and, and running. So it was a massive help for us, um, you know, from that unfortunate little little thing. And again, it was, you know, one of the smallest stunts Tom's done. Um, it's, just, it's just always the little ones that catch you, you know? I think, like you said, the shot is possibly going to be in the movie because uh, Tom powered through the end of the shot. Uh, so Mission Impossible Fallout opens on July 27th. And Wade, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us because this was awesome. No, my pleasure, guys. I hope you all enjoy it. It'll be interesting to hear what you say about it. And um, yeah, I hope we've uh, we've done our job and, and changed things up a bit. I would like to thank Wade for being so generous with his time and calling us from his place in London. Uh, to our sound mixer, Eric Boss, for getting the short episode out in time for the release of the first trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout. I'm a big fan of Wade's and the creative team behind these films, so it was an absolute blast to get to talk to him about his insight and experience in the stunt industry. Thanks again, and stay tuned for upcoming episodes with new guests, including composers David Arnold and David Newman. I'm Brando Benetton, and you have been listening to Soundstage Access.